A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earle and A.M. Kozak. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, episode 33. I am Amanda Earle. I am A.M. Kozak. And we are here with... Minahel Bendekwala. Welcome once more to the show. Hello. We're going to be interviewing Minahil, asking some in-depth questions about her poems, her work, her life, who knows? Who knows what we're going to get into in the next little while here. Uh, but how about we start with her bio? Sounds good. Manahil Bandukwala is a Pakistani-born and raised writer and artist currently living and studying in Ottawa. Her work has appeared or is forthcoming in The Puritan, Bywords.ca, Room Magazine, Rice Paper, Coven Editions, Inwards, Battle Express, and others. She is currently an editor for Inwards Magazine and Press, and she has joined the editorial team for Cantheus very recently as well. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I'm hearing this for the first time. Yeah, it was, it was uh, shared just yesterday or the day before. So, All very right. recent news. Very All cool. Right. Very exciting. Is Teresa still on the editorial team? Yeah. Very cool. Good. That wasn't uh, part of our planned questions, but no, there you sorry, go. I wasn't. I, I used to. I went to school with with mm-hmm. Reese to hang out back in the back in undergrad. Um, so maybe we should just get into questions. Ooh, we're getting into questions. How about you ask the first one, Amanda? All right. Much of your poems have a sensuality and visual t- detail, such as Plucked, which was published in Rice Paper Magazine in March. You're able to evoke a scene and make this reader at least feel like I am there. You're also an artist. What connection do you think there is between the sensual details of your poem and your art? And I'll also I'll post a link to the poem as well from Rice Paper Magazine. I really had to kind of think about this question because I don't necessarily think of doing like art and writing side by side. Like usually I feel like I'll have um, a kind of period of time where like I'll, I'll write a lot and then and then a period of time where like I'll paint a lot or, or do a lot of art. But as I was like considering this question is like I, f- I feel like I do take the same approach to art making as I do to writing and like a specifically poetry um my current and favorite art style is like a, a loose like carefree hand which is sort of evolved after like years of sort of formal training mm. um doing like a lot of like realism and realistic work um and i don't know like with with poetry i didn't really come to it with that same sort of training on on the like form um i guess like those constraints but I sort of, I don't really like the idea of structure much. Um, I don't use it a lot in my own work. Uh, a lot of the poets who I like also don't really have like like form poems. Um, I don't know how much I even like like the same number of stanzas in poems. Right. As well, <laughs> I, I guess you can kind of see that. Like like when I write, like I start writing, like I sort of put them down. Um, in, in that sort of like loose, scare-free way, and then um, kind of for, like form them later, but don't. I guess to say like like the structure and like the words are still like rough around mm-hmm. the edges. Right. Uh, yeah, I kind of have that same like frame of mind. 
when you're doing visual art. Yeah, it is when I'm like doing painting or, or like a sketch or something. Yeah, I, I've seen a, uh, one of your um, um, paintings of a bear, I think I saw. Or maybe a bear. Yeah, I saw that too, I think. You were selling your art on yeah. online and you were yeah. getting some sales too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's exciting. But yeah. I remember like the lines of... were like, they were very, like they weren't, you know, they weren't, they were like, they weren't straight lines. They yeah. were more like wiggly and sort of... Uh, yeah it was more bear shaped than <laughs> and what was was the first poetry event you went to in ottawa inwards when you painted yeah oh right right yeah, she, live uh, yeah, live she was a live painter one yeah. of our first live painters that we had i'm not sure which number but you were one of the first ones i think i remember that and uh you, that's when yeah. we would have met uh, and you would have yeah. painted and uh and that's kind of how you started getting more involved in poetry as well so even i guess yeah even though it might not be um yeah. your art is not necessarily commenting on the poems mm -hmm. or the poems on the art they're still interfused in how you i guess have encountered yeah. one yeah which is very interesting yeah 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 anything else to say about art uh, i think that's about what i have maybe some of the that might come back later but. yeah Okay. Wait, stay tuned. Possibly more on art <laughs> later. This is a poetry podcast. I tried to like trim down the, <laughs> oh, we the get, art stuff. We we don't know. We sometimes don't. Our well, lines are a little blurry we, as well. Uh, we we have a very things. loose definition of poetry. I, I do anyway. I like. I the, do. I like the playing around the margins and the, yeah, the border blur. Boundaries. Yeah, border blur. I'm all about that. So when poems like Pluck, do you use non-English words? And you gave a great workshop. Uh, this is Amanda writing this. I didn't go to it, so <laughs> I will there. take her word for it. It was a great workshop. You at gave Tree. a great workshop at Tree last year about using non-English words in poems. Uh, why do you think this is important or necessary in your own work and in the work of others? Well, I guess like to start off with, like I really love using like languages in my yeah. own work and uh, kind of seeing it in other people's work. And Amanda, like we've had conversations about this. We have, like, yeah. Really, really interesting. Um, I think a lot of it is like it fights against the idea that like English is like the central language exactly. or the yeah. dominant language, which I, I, I mean, just that, just like the question of like, oh, um, like how do you speak English so well, or like you, oh, yeah. you speak English so well. <laughs> so it's like in, in ways like I feel me in my own work and like other uh poets kind of push back against that by bringing in other languages yeah. in like these poems or pieces that are like english um and a lot of the poets who use multiple languages are using languages that like other languages that they're fluent in yes or that they know which is what i do as well and I'm kind of reminded of Hua Wins, like the f lecture she did at Verse Fest. Yeah, that was a yeah, we talked about series. that yeah. Uh, yeah. last month. And, and she, she talked about like losing your first language mm -hmm. and not being able to get it back. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm asked sometimes, um, like, oh, is, is English your first language? And, or, or is it like the other language, you know, which is Urdu? And I, I don't really know. Um, I, I think Urdu is my first language, but I learned English at a very young age, like either around the same time or just a couple of years after. So it, it's kind of like, okay, like what's the mother tongue and then what's like the second language? Right. Um, and I don't know, I mean, for, for myself and I think for like a lot of diasporic or immigrant writers, especially ones who 
immigrate at a young age, you're like, don't necessarily learn the language as well or start losing it, which is in my case, because I, I was 17 when I moved here. Right. Um, like, I can't write creatively in this, like, in Urdu in the same way that I can in English, but, like, Urdu is a very poetic language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, this, in terms of, like, the sounds and all of that. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's just, it's interesting, like, representing languages that I know side by side with English. Uh, for example, in the poem In Bloom, mm-hmm. which is published on National Poetry Month, which That's you curated, yes, Amanda. Yes, yeah. um, like, the poem where it kind of goes through uh, different languages, and these are, like, different languages that I am either know or I'm acquainted with. So the first stanza kind of talks about Urdu, mm-hmm. and the second one talks about Hindi, which I find really interesting because when you speak it, it's the same as Urdu, but it has a completely different script. So oh. I'll, I'll meet Indians and they'll kind of say like, do you know Hindi? And I'm like, I can understand what but, you say, but yeah. I can't read it. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the third stanza then goes on to talk about Gujarati, which is not something I use very often, but it's something my family speaks, but I don't, but I understand it. Um, and then I have Arabic, which I can't understand, but I can read because it's like the same script as Urdu. And um, like I had someone teach me to read the Quran when I was young. So mm-hmm. I don't understand what Arabic says, but I can read it. And then, <laughs> a- a- and then the last one is like Persian, which is like my name. Manahil is like a Persian word or name. So it's like all of these intertwine and... I just I find like I find that yeah. like a really interesting exploration and generally like the importance of poets who and people who use that in their work it's like they're reaching out to something or connected with something that can't be said with English yeah so it's like you move beyond like the idea that English is like the main big thing and everything needs to be English or right. else it's not valid right so, yeah so I think what I have to say for this question uh, also to do you, do you find like do you experience different parts of your life in different languages yeah. too right That's so then you would be yeah. writing based on that too right? yeah i mean like when, when, I, when i go home and like visit my parents in mississauga it's like we'll be speaking this amalgamation mm-hmm. of like english a blend Gujarati, <laughs> and it's something i can really only speak with like my family it's a family language family. <laughs> yeah and, and then i don't know and then with my sisters because they're learning french so then we'll like throw french into the mix a bit <laughs> with what we have uh yeah no there's definitely different ways that you talk with different people um like the way i talk in ottawa is different yeah. from the way i talk with my family and like i have a very different way of talking to my friends who i knew in pakistan it's like a code so. switching thing right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's like when people kind of like talk about like the accent or something, it's it's sort of like, it's like I'm kind of adapting the way I speak mm-hmm. or like the syntax and that to who I'm talking to. Right. That makes sense. And that would make sense that that means the poems would also have that kind mm-hmm. of association as well. So if you're, oh, okay. 
Oh, I guess it's, it's I guess I'm supposed to ask another question. Now. Okay. Are. See how natural these 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 interviews are. Mm -hmm. Okay, so at a recent tree reading, you read at the open mic and afterwards a, a fellow South Asian writer thanked you and said how important it was to hear work such as yours that deals with home. Do you feel like you have a responsibility at all to write about your culture and heritage and if so, how does this make you feel? If not, how does this make you feel? <laughs> well, I mean, like hearing that, like that, yeah. that meant the world to me. Yeah, because that was, I was there. I've I've said that to other poets. Like I think mm -hmm. I said, that was the tree reading where Aisha Chatterjee read, and yeah. I had just right. gone to her and I was like, "Thank you so much for reading. Like your work meant so much to me." And then this other poet comes up and is like, "Your open mic poem was amazing." Yeah, like, that was lovely. And, yeah, yeah it, it's, <laughs> it's just really really cool like, hearing that. Yeah. Um, and like I, I like a lot of writers of color um like i'm i don't know if the word responsibility is necessarily mm, so right it's a big word yeah yeah like that's definitely yeah. a big thing to hold but do write about like culture and heritage like i'm kind of reminded of brandon wint's panel at burst fest right which i missed yeah. um <laughs> with with uh, natalie weiss Naomi, other and recent jamal jackson mm -hmm. rogers that that was that was an experience i heard it was like, a great was, yeah i was crying oh, uh just because it kind of like seeing that there was so is it less than a responsibility and more that a something that you feel just like you want to be celebrating and very happy about rather than like I have this burden or onus on me to yes. be this yeah. person. Yeah, and, and again, like, it's like, like, I'm not the only person writing right. about, like, culture, heritage, home. Like, I'm not the first to, like, start doing it. I'm not mm -hmm. going to be the last, but it's more like adding to that mix of voices yeah. that's talking about it so mm -hmm. that you can get, like, these diverse perspectives and, and, and then, like, these themes are not a monolith but rather there's all like these different points of views yeah. and perspectives and yeah. i mean i like it like i write about other things but mm -hmm. this is definitely the theme that people like really touches people and it's it's for a reason yeah right like seeing yourself represented mm -hmm. um and also not being erased as this yeah. happens so much in, in yeah. literary ottawa right <laughs> yeah um and and no, like like I guess like the the experiences and like the words like they they reach out to people, but especially those who see in their own lives that they kind of I guess like live separate lives in a way. Like you live like for me at least it's like the Ottawa life, and then there's like the cultural sort of life. Like in poetry, I try and bridge that together yeah. and make it not separate. Um, so yeah. what I'm hearing then is it's less of a responsibility, more like almost like a privilege to have this sort of way of being able to represent these things and to reach out, reach people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like there's there's definitely like you have like the space in which you can talk about that. And it's like there's there's so many people who are experiencing this or are writing about it mm -hmm. and can't necessarily access that like same platform. Yeah. So. So this yeah. way you can connect with with those people. Yeah, yeah that's really nice. Um, I think about this this aspect of responsibility and mm -hmm. artistic practice, or responsibility and whatever else. And sometimes I feel like because I've um, I've gone through social work, I'm I have that sort of mentality. Should I do I need to bring that into my artistic work? Mm -hmm. What you right. said about 
you didn't say the word privilege, but the way it's not thinking about it in terms of responsibility, but in terms of I have the ability to do mm -hmm. this and thinking of it more in that yeah. positive way instead of like I need and forced to do this. It's more that I have this ability. You have and an opportunity. Exactly, yeah. an opportunity. Something yeah. a bit more, more of a, a, a different type of frame on that can really change yeah. how we yeah. how we look at that. That makes um, sense. That's, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, all right. So uh, here, I like this question. So <laughs> in your poems, there's lots of references to Pakistani food and tea. Um, what role does this does food and drink play in your life? And I'll just add on to this. I remember when you first, <laughs> first started reading your, your poem, I think you, you remember that I said, what did I say? You're like, she's really good at writing about tea. Yeah. That's great. I want that I on my Actually, that statement made me be like, hmm. Maybe should I maybe should stop write writing about, about other things? <laughs> I write about tea a lot, too. I don't think I've actively written about tea since no? then. No? Um, Aaron. I mean, it wasn't because of that comment. It was just because I think I exhausted that topic. Of tea? You can yeah. never exhaust the topic or of tea. I, I wanted a bit of a break from it. But I think the, like... I don't know it's not, it wasn't just tea, but I noticed you were writing a lot of you know when you're writing about tea, you were writing very more specifically, and it was like this new stuff that was coming out, mm -hmm. right? And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then maybe you're not writing about tea now, but you're writing about food, you're writing about drink, you're writing about that sort of I don't know visceral experience. It I'm not sensual, sure what to. It is a sensual kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. What uh, what I guess what roles it play in your life? Like, how do you how have you come to writing about that um, so specifically and so well? I mean, I guess, like, when I think about, like, food or drink, it it's always part of this bigger mm -hmm. emotional picture, and that's, like, a lot of what poetry is. Like, it's, it's an emotional experience. It's, like, putting um, these, like, experiences and emotions forward. So, I don't know, like, every, uh, like, food that I guess, I, or drink that I write about or think about has this sort of like connection like either positive or negative i think i've mostly written about like the positive connotations of like mm. home um like relationships with people like for example tea um in pakistan like my best friend and i would make tea and we'd go on like the roof of my house and we just sit there at night like just stalking so it's like this very like comforting feel um or with food, uh, like like every time I go back to Mississauga, one of the first questions that my mom asks is like, okay, what food should I make? So for example, in like Feast, I mentioned Nihari, which is like one of my favorite yeah, foods. I and got hungry. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I always ask her to make it. Um, and then she'll like send some back up with me. So do you get that, you know, I don't know, have you been eating enough? Do you, do you get <laughs> Typically, when you go home, you know, you well, get those kind of... I, I think my mom does trust me well, to, that's good. <laughs> to feed myself, but there's definitely foods that I can't get here. Yeah. Uh, one, because Nahari is like, it. you need to cook the meat for like six hours. It's a very long process. Mm. I don't really... I can't really cook like beef very well. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I just... I, I'm never... I don't have time to like yeah. sit at home for six hours like I usually need to go somewhere or do something else um it's really nice to kind of have that and I guess like the way the way I guess I came to write it in like that specific way as you said um is 
like I guess say like Pakistani food is like this umbrella I guess I don't really think about it like as as that because like each dish is like something kind of very like specific to me like something that my mom made growing up me it's mm. like it's just food um like I don't know okay I haven't really attached like a, a label to it in that sense so it's home I, that, cooking <laughs> yeah yeah like, like it, it just like makes it easier to then reach out to those specifics instead yeah. of like having exactly. yep. those sort of umbra- umbrella terms for it yeah so I definitely hear like a lot of like let's go out for Indian food and it's like okay that's that's a lot of stuff I yeah. I don't know what you're talking about here um so it's like the a vehicle then for you to get into that very specific whether it's emotion or description yeah. or memories or whatever it is it's, it's like remembrance a, of things past yeah it? yeah it's, it's like definitely this access to memories because <laughs> like a, a lot of the food that i write about not all of it but some of it is like i can't get it in ottawa so i'm thinking about it a lot mm. and like i'll be craving it and it's like either i can't cook it at home or like there's not a pakistani restaurant nearby I think if there are some in Ottawa, they're like way out in the No, suburbs. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know if any. So there's like often like a longing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like longing or craving, whichever one you want to which is want to call it. Which is so, pretty interesting. Like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting to tap into. Especially like when you think about food and drink, it like it becomes our bodies in a way, right? We're we're consuming yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. becoming us. Yeah, and the way in which you're writing about it, it's longing for that thing that is really a part of you or was a part of you, yeah. right? It's, or a it's memory kind of or like more of a and a situation, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Goes along with love, I think. Yeah, Food, it for goes sure. with love. For sure. It was kind of interesting because I felt like I reached a point where I like I just didn't really know what to write about food anymore. So I kind of moved away from it. Right. And like I felt like the, the vehicle I used was then a lot of like place yeah mm. and, and i don't know then then like the, i had a poem up in the puritan uh which is from that it's called from daddy's home and for me is like kind of like about about place and like tapping mm-hmm. into that and it was actually talking to katrina right about it a tree mm. and she's like oh yeah like you had a poem about food up and i was like yeah you're right actually it, it mentions that but <laughs> I, I that wasn't it. what you yeah, yeah and it's it's n- <laughs> nice in a way because it's like I kind of re like refigured or refactored my approach, and now it's like it's like kind of coming back. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of a lot of my recent work. It like I haven't like a lot of the stuff that I'm writing recently. I've I've been thinking about like language, but then food kind of and food and place kind of work their way oh, yeah. in. Well, it's yeah. all it's all related. Yeah. Like those three yeah. things are much related. Yeah. and I think things that were just. Once you once we develop like styles or habits or ways of writing or thinking or that we do it, it often will there'll be those through lines and in, mm-hmm. in, in our work. I do the same thing with like I write about people in places a lot, mm-hmm. right? And it just keeps they keep feeding their way into yeah, yeah. into what I'm writing, um, which is cool and good. And that means yeah. that you have a style and consistency, and then you have a topic or or a vehicle that uh, 
um, enables or encourages you to access these other other things, right? It can yeah. drive you to, it can help to drive the creative process. Mm -hmm. And sometimes yeah. with me, it blocks it. If I start to think, every time, the, for me, almost an insult is someone said, I knew it was one of your poems. It's like, oh no, <laughs> really? Oh, I'm doing something wrong. I don't like to have yeah. sound the same. And yeah. it's frustrating to me when I do. Like, I did a number of poems, a number of uh, poetry chapbooks, and even a book. Um, um, featuring uh, either real or imagined mm. women in, in history. And so I, I always want to do those because I'm always interested right. in those people. Yeah. But then I think, oh, no, I've done so many of those. I have to do something different. Yeah, so. and that's kind of weird. Like the food poetry was like, okay, like I've written too much. Like I've, it's, it's become an inside joke. Like I just, I can't anymore. <laughs> and if you and don't, some people will say, oh, how come you didn't read a food yeah. poem or yeah. something? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think it's happened. I haven't heard that with you. So. Well, no, because I kind of stopped doing it for <laughs> yeah. like a good, a and good I, year. I mean, you're writing a lot about relationships and stuff. So you have a few poems that yeah. I've read anyway that have to do with relationships as yeah, well. Yeah, so, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, it, it just kind of comes like creeping back when I don't expect it, which I think I like a lot mm -hmm. more yeah. because I can still have like those consistent themes but it's like a different voice or like yeah. a different style cool all right moving on to yes. a different different thing other than yeah. food imagine that unless you Ooh. answer something about you say something about food you might okay in your mini poetry interview with thomas white we'll put up a link to those uh, answers you mentioned that you used to be primarily a prose writer what led you to focus more yeah, on so poetry in in the class with colette like she talked a lot about poetry and like Canadian modernist poetry so you have like Latin Cohen and Irving Layton and Earl Burney and and Frank Davy. <laughs> no <laughs> Didn't talk about him. actually and and Colette like she told us about um like the inwards reading series and other stuff actually I went to inwards in my first year and I was still seven no I I was 18 um I, was, I went to like the basement of the clock tower and it was packed and I kind of like sat in the corner. I was really intimidated <laughs> and then like I left oh. and oh, I didn't no. go back for a year. Uh, wow. That doesn't really have anything to do with the oh, reading maybe. series. It was just me being like really shy. It was my first month of university. Like I just oh, moved sure. out of my parents' house. So it's a pretty but, intimidating time. <laughs> yeah. And and then, no, like, I, I wrote some poetry, but I didn't really, I guess, like, know the scene. There's, like, some events that I went to. I went to the tree workshops a fair amount. Uh, like, I thought those oh, yeah. they themes were, were really interesting. Um, like, I went to one by Snita Fasich and one by Nina Chandristic. It was interesting because this is before I, like, knew them. Right. Kind of showed up. Um and yeah and then I want I knew like I wanted to get involved with inwards and I just happened to be at the right place at the right time <laughs> and I met like Justin Lamb and he mentioned they were looking for a life painter and then yeah kind of like got involved in inwards and from there I feel like it just everything just became poetry <laughs> uh so to say that's and a pretty yeah. good segue into the next question uh, about which is about inwards. Uh, okay. You were an editor last year, and you're going to be again this year. Yeah. Uh, how do you find uh, curating, editing a magazine, and how it relates to your own writing practice? It's it's like a really cool learning experience, um, like reading and curating submissions. Mm -hmm. 
like and like you, you'll hear like a lot of advice and what you should do when you're submitting and kind of being an editor lets you see what you look for yeah and then you can kind of put that into practice when you are submitting your own work out you can like I know like you get you get new ideas like you're exposed to things that you might not have been for example in in words is issue 17.2 which is actually a food themed issue so like there are food foods back um received this like amazing submission by this poet sneha subramanian ganta and she's like an indian poet and does stuff in like the uk and the us i think wow. but actually she had a poem in soliloquies anthology their their latest issue right uh as well but anyways like we received this sub- like really really great submission from her um and for me personally her poem uh like it talked about like food and place and it mentioned karachi which is like my hometown yeah. and i think i read that and i was just like yay was like who <laughs> submitted this like i did not expect to read that in in an it's very cool um but yeah it's it's like i think being bolder in what you submit when you realize that editors want things yeah. that surprise them or that kind of go outside of the comfort zone. Like for that same issue, Kanye Clayton submitted this piece all the times so I ate flesh. Oh yes. And yeah, that was, was it's like gruesome. Yeah. Uh really, really yeah. like interesting kind of piece. Um so yeah, it's like sometimes like I think when you tailor too much to a magazine, it they're like, okay, I could have read this before, mm. but right. where, whereas like knowing knowing to like spice it up a bit, um, like I had a poem accepted in soliloquy, so it was in bloom, the same one yeah. on National Poetry Month, and that I I wouldn't have expected that to be accepted just because it's like oh, it's like a Montreal like university magazine, yeah, yeah, um, and this is like this like poem about like five languages that are have nothing to do with Canada, yeah, so yeah. And same with, like, the Puritan. I was like, well, like, I have these two, like, long phrases of, like, non-English words. Like, are, are they going to like it? I just kind of, like, put that in there. And then that, that ended up being the piece that was accepted. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's taking a risk more. Where that's, mm. that's that yeah. sounds like. Uh, the other thing I, I know when with bywords is when I started to um, read the poems we, we received um, back in 2003 and I was still I was still in early days I would see some of the things that I also did that were kind of not as interesting yeah and seeing it in other people's work yeah. helped me get a distance yeah. from it so that exactly. I knew then exactly. oh that's what's wrong with that that's why it doesn't work yeah just like that things helps. like like structure and yeah. form like or you... stock image or something or yeah it's it's interesting because you read stuff that you're like this needs more polishing right yeah. like it's kind of there but it needs more and then you can start to see that in your own work a lot better than when you're just yeah. trying to edit your own work yeah you become a better editor by ha- having definitely. some kind of mm-hmm. distance and yeah figuring. so if, and then if you can start to edit your own work um sort of like uh, figuring out how to make a yeah. distance between your you, the, you know the thing that you've just written and you know and yeah. then learn editorial distance and the mm-hmm. more you have to read other people's work the more you learn that distance and yeah. you can apply editing to your own yeah. work and how about like the the sort of multiple hats of organizer and and writer mm-hmm. do you find that it how does that how does that impact you well, it's it's interesting because before I started hosting inwards, I had pretty terrible stage fright. It was like, frightening. I just I could, <laughs> yeah, like I could not be up um in front of a mic, 
like I, I read at the Inwards open mic a few times last year and like each time like I'd be shaking <laughs> and I, like I think it's just really helped build confidence like that way when you're curating um like the reading series it's you get you, you, you have to approach people to perform so it's like a yeah. lot like I find it's just a lot easier for me in like personal life as well to just sort of approach people and like start talking mm-hmm. and start talking about I don't know, just like going into conversations and like kind of skipping the small talk sort of thing, <laughs> which is, yeah, just really pretty good. Um, I feel like I had one more thing that I was going to say and I forgot, it slipped my mind. That's okay. We don't know what it was. So. <laughs> and if it comes to, you know, we'll just record it later or something. <laughs> we'll come by we'll with, a, like with a... Just like send a voice note That's in. right. That's um, it. Yeah, and and I don't know, like organizing like the reading series, I think, is um, helpful in, t- in terms of like seeing how people perform, which mm-hmm. is really useful. And then like using that to figure out like how you want to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, like again, uh, like last year, I started going to like reading series, and some of the first readers that I saw were like. Dalton Dirksen and like Josephiani and they're both like very performance based. Yeah. And and their st- like their style is like really, really good. But for me I'm like I I don't necessarily feel comfortable performing in that same way. No, so. and, and I don't like I have this thing where I make a difference between performance and reading. I don't I'm not interested in performing. I want to engage with the audience, but I don't want to perform. I'm not an actor. Yeah. So that's to me I see a difference between performing and reading. We have this discussion <laughs> all the time. It's actually like, it's actually yeah. a theme of the uh, yeah. a theme of the thing. I like performing. I mean I, I think like performance I like I admire performances, but in, it's not me. But yeah, ex- exactly, cuz yeah. it's not me and I, I feel like I enjoy seeing people who do yeah re- who read in like a way that's like more similar to me. Aisha Chatterjee bringing her back is like yeah. one of them. Um, like the way you read Amanda is oh. definitely. I was fishing. No, I wasn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But, but like when I think of poets who yeah. who like read their work and I do think of you, Thank uh, you. Amanda. Thank you. you audience can no, see me pointing. <laughs> um, so it's it just like seeing like how you use your voice to engage an audience um, I think has definitely helped me um, with reading oh that's cool. at places yeah it's it's like, I just what happens to me is the more nervous I am the, the faster I start to go yeah and I'm always afraid and and you know actually at the Canada concrete thing when I was doing this <laughs> artist talk in front of a lot of people I didn't know and mm-hmm. some I did but some I knew like as sort of were on pedestals for yeah. me that was weird but what I did was I asked them I said if I start to go too fast just please just yell out at me and I'll yeah. slow down so luckily luckily it was fine yeah I mean I, like I remember I read at bad moods last year oh, and yeah. like I didn't really and this is before I was like like curating the series and like kind of keeping an eye out for this kind of stuff and I feel like the before and like after mm-hmm. is like it definitely come a long way with 
my reading. Yeah, when you host, it make when you when you host and you you, you kind of you start to listen to people's yeah. the way in which they're reading it, and or even like even if you're say somewhere else and you're hearing them, oh that person would make a good reader, yeah, and then you think, exactly. start figuring out what what makes for a good yeah. reader as well as just yeah. the actual work. Cause yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people like have really interesting work, but they may not be the best person to mm-hmm. read it aloud, right? Mm-hmm. That which is an interesting thing yeah. too. Maybe we re- require sometimes we require performers to read our work aloud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I always think like that would just yeah. be ideal. different. Yeah, wouldn't we need to have? I think that a lot more. Wouldn't it be need to have a series where and we? I think we've had this before with um. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. I used to be out at Chez Lucien, and oh, anyway, that series. Oh, um, that didn't last it for about a year or two. Yeah, yeah. Well, or over the something words. Everything's uh, called words. Something in this town. Liam Burke actually yeah. mentioned this to me because we work at the same place, and he was telling me about Chez Lucien. He also like, could not remember the name of the series. Poetic Intentions. Yeah, there, there we go. So it's, there we oh, go. Is that the name of the yeah, series? It is. Yes. No, I'm okay. just saying out loud for no reason. In, poetic <laughs> Intentions. No, okay. no, no, words was not in the title. I think they had an event one time with words <laughs> yes all of their but that, that poetic they, events have they, they had different themes and one of the themes they did have was to read another person's uh, work oh. and, and like i was thinking that would be kind of a cool theme for us mm-hmm. there was a series that started here called poetic haiku or so i don't know what happened mm-hmm. i had a couple of them where you read basically or not poetic haiku i'm sorry anyway something about reading cover poems it was mm-hmm. called it wasn't called haiku at all. I don't know. Why I'm just, gee, this is the part of the day where we forget everything. <laughs> Before uh, we move on to the last uh, question, I will say, um, in terms of organizing things, I've I've worked with both of you in that in that area before and you're both very easy to work with and a lot of times you work with I'm glad people. you have the to work with part <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of just being someone who I've been I've taken a step back from organizing this past mm-hmm. year and just because I wanted to I needed a break and want to focus more mm-hmm. on my, my writing so the organizing was taking up too much space yeah. in my life yeah. but um like you work with a lot of people and then when you work with people who are easier to work with and are organized yeah. and who know their stuff it's just it's it it just makes your life yeah. so well, much Well, you're good easier. to work with too. I mean, we're, if we're, we're, I, I also I cannot stand working with people who are who who are not easy to work with. But that makes sort of no yeah. sense at all. And I think when you're an organizer too, you also realize that when you're a writer and submitting stuff, or yeah. you're working with other people, you understand. You just have more. At least I have found I've had more respect or Absolutely, understanding for yeah. where they're coming yeah. from. And yeah, I want to. It's wanna... an honor when someone sends work to a publication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way a lot of the I'm sorry, yeah. but the way a lot of publications editors I understand there are certain limitations, time and money, but. I mean, they don't send any kind of acknowledgement. They don't tell you when yeah. the poem is like at the end of the process. They don't tell you that your poem hasn't been published or it. You know, I just I don't like. I I've, I've seen that less and less actually, which I think yeah. is because I I don't think it's just you have to. Res- I know you. I know we get a lot of submissions. I mean, and a lot of them are can be a real pain sometimes because they can be like maybe the same person sends a submission every week or something <laughs> like that, but in capital letters yeah. and centered. <laughs> but uh, you know, when, okay, there are those, but there are so many people. It's just such a, a an honor um, to receive work, and especially I find new poets like I like when someone who's new, and I want to make sure they have a good experience. If yeah. Byward is going to be the first time often that someone sends their work out, I don't want them to have a bad yeah. experience so or, i try to be really respectful yeah or, or about kind of it on like events like if someone's yeah. like come to inwards for like the first yeah, time or like you're the open mic for the first time it's just it's always so exciting like i definitely try and like go and yeah. talk to the people i don't recognize exactly yeah and i mean me a year ago 
just that would have been scary yeah it would have been so scary like talking to people who have no idea like who they are but now I'm and now I'm like you know like if I was coming here for the first time like I would definitely have appreciated that and remembered it and that would probably have made me that's it make the, me come back the, the you now would be meeting the you then yeah <laughs> some kind of sci-fi movie yep. thing happening Excellent. Should we ask him now how the last question All we right. have? Well, uh, we, uh, we talked a little bit in the last episode about uh, upcoming projects, but why don't we see it? What, what, can you talk more about uh, current projects? Um, well, yeah. So there's the project with Connie Clayton and Nathaniel La Rochette, which we talked about. And then this is like kind of like an inwards, inwards project, I guess, and of like kind of come on board with it in the past month or so. Uh, you might have seen like Snita Fezic is um, the lead editor for Descent. Uh, so we've, she and I have gone through the submissions and they're off to George Elliott Clark. Okay. So people who've submitted. Um, going to find here, out yeah, soon. Yeah, finding out stuff soon. Um, we're going to have like a little mini podcast and like an event Ooh. at some point in the future. Don't really know. When Sounds. so I don't want to promise any dates. And but no promises. That's that's, that's <laughs> happening. Like fun. Yeah. Fun. And what about for you personally? Anything? Yeah. Anything? Uh... Um. Well, there's there's stuff, but I don't know if I can talk about it. I see. Really, uh, but I am reading at Sawdust on the twenty third. You know that? Really exciting. I found out in the funniest way. Liam Burke, who. <laughs> uh, um host sawdust is on the sawdust he's one of the i'm not sure yeah he's one of the i'm not sure what his title is but he just came to my desk at work and has this big smile on his face and he's like (laughs) congratulations and i say like for for what and this is like before i received jennifer peterson's email um so it's just exciting like an exciting start to the day he's like you want sawdust or the didn't I say you're doing some kind of? I think it's really more related to art. Aren't you doing something with your sister or a website? Oh, or yeah, I, I that sounded yeah, I interesting. Could talk about that. Yeah, um, please it's do. Like nothing. And we actually can include maybe, the link too. Maybe it has something to do with poetry. Doesn't matter. Who knows? But um, just I guess it started a month, maybe maybe more than a month ago. We went on a family trip over a long weekend to uh Tobermory and Sable Beach oh, like yes. along like the Georgian oh, yeah. Bay yeah I told people I was going to Tobermory and they had no idea what it was I, when I was a kid we went there a lot okay honestly, yeah yeah so we went there and we, we, we were hiking and we collected things and my sister and I but we both went to make like miniature worlds I think she had her own reasons for wanting to do that <laughs> that's interesting I, I find them like really cute and I've tried to make them but I I don't know, I've not really been super, like, well, I haven't planned it well, so it hasn't really turned out uh, too well. So, but, came back uh, home from the beach, I was leaving in a couple of hours, and we just kind of made a couple of little worlds, including the... We made worlds. <laughs> yeah, like little worlds. And, You're and, a and world a, and maker. A that's, that's what we, we, I guess, call it, including, like, this little figure that has a a watch for a face, a little clock for a face. I've seen that, I think, on Instagram yeah, or on or Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Um, I think I made a, dis- I said, a, a <laughs> name for the little creatures, uh, some kind of idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we named that one People Watcher. Yeah. Like you're sitting in the in a park, like, watching people. Cool. Yeah, and then I went back, um, like, last week, 
and we we kind of like had the like these plans that we wanted to make like, even more worlds i started collecting stuff in ottawa she started collecting stuff in mississauga oh that's great and <laughs> yeah like we we wanted Bye to city. make like a little shire so we made like hobbit holes and <laughs> and then we like little gandalf and a hobbit for it that was the last minute addition that we're like hmm i feel like we should just do this um and then we took some pictures of the process and I was thinking, I was like, if we want to make this an ongoing project, like what if we did a blog? Like it's not going to be updated regularly right. just because we're not in the same place. That's the biggest thing, but more like to track the progress um, of, of making it like have in progress pictures, um, be able to put like multiple pictures of like different angles of, of the pieces up there and kind of share some of the funny moments that we had. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Uh, just to, just if we want to make it something bigger. And um, my sister, Nimra, I will mention her name because yes. she's someone who is very talented and deserves to be looked up. Right. Um, on, like, you'll, social you'll media. You'll give me a link for her and later. And all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, she really likes this, I guess, like, artist writer, Sean Tan, who mm. has these books where there's one book where he's done sculptures and he's photographed them, and I think they're from fairy tales, and then there's excerpts of fairy tales published next to that, so we're thinking of project somewhat with these, like, miniature worlds, we've called the blog Backyard Worlds, I guess I should mm. call it that, yeah. um, Backyard Worlds, <laughs> where, I guess, like, like, I would kind of write um, pieces inspired by the the different worlds. Fun. Uh, yeah. And, that's and fun. It, it, it is. And it's, like, it's something that's definitely really exciting. And, like, we, we both really want to do it. But it would have to take place over a very long period of sure, time. Sure, there had no, no deadlines. Need, yeah. 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 Like, I don't know. We have a bunch of things, like, worlds planned that we want to make we want to move like outside of containers uh we collected some driftwood so nice gonna be in that uh hopefully um and yeah we we actually had someone contact us who wants to like do a write-up piece about it wow cool um it's like a magazine in pakistan wow that's fun you're getting you're getting a lot of play already sounds like fun that sounds right. like a recent project. Yeah. All right, that sounds good. We will we will follow along as soon as I get the link. Well, once the podcast episode is up, I will post all the links yeah. that I remember to post <laughs> everywhere that I remember to post them. <laughs> How's that for non-specific? <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Um, Anything else you want to add, and before we yeah, close I think up shop, I think that's a pretty thorough interview. I think so too. Thank yeah. you very much for for being here. Thank yeah, you and for... uh, you've had. A lot of success over the past year. I feel like you've just started and then just like rocketed, bloomed, bloomed it's, it's very good, quickly. Because I do quickly. social media for inwards, so I like be at like promoting, like like you know, retweeting yeah. like calls for submission and all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I should submit. Right. Yeah. But it's so not just that is part of it. Is just making sure like while you're submitting places, you know what there is out there and just. Yeah. Yeah, uh, being connected but also it is like i'm sure you've been working i can from reading your work i feel like you've also been working really hard at your writing as well it's not just uh the sort of being aware of these things it's also it's it's both yeah, yeah. so that's really cool um i'm glad yeah. to see all that happening and we look forward to hearing more thank you in the near future especially <laughs> about these upcoming projects sound great all right thanks everyone for listening thank and you. we'll talk next time next time mm-hmm.
with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak.